You're listening to Living a Vintage Life by Retro Chalet. Thanks for joining. Here's your host, Cindy Fanestock Schaefer. When you go to Gettysburg, I don't care if you know a thing about history or not. If you love antiques or if you're into old things, you immediately feel a sense of the past. Now, this is both a blessing and a curse. Uh, you feel good because you see that there is a town almost kind of frozen in time. Uh, the historical district is is very well preserved. Um, little Sweeney's Tavern is in town. Uh, you can visit the George Lomas um, Museum, which has one of the biggest artillery collections I've ever seen, as far as old guns, uh, shrapnel, and actual cannons. Um, but you also get a sense of just what happened here. So I have this vintage podcast as far as the antiques and everything in Gettysburg, but I also run a paranormal podcast and there's a whole nother podcast that I'm posting up there because we actually took some ghost tours uh, and what happened was pretty much amazing. So pardon me if I, um, you know, jump around, but what we're going to do this format for this podcast, we're going to go back to the time I was in Gettysburg, and then I'm going to come back to you and discuss what I saw, uh, what's collectible, what you should be looking for when you're out there collecting um, Civil War or Gettysburg memorabilia. First thing, let me tell you, stuff is endless, endless. But first off, let me give you a little peek into what happened that day. I'm here recording live with my friend Don. Say hi. How do you do? We are at where? Gettysburg. Spangler Spring. Spangler a huge Spangler. battle was here. Yes. Well, the whole place was a battlefield. So yeah. This was just one part of it. It's amazing to see all these rocks that our ancestors hid behind when the Battle of the North and the South took place yep. on July 2nd and 3rd, 1863. And you think I don't pay attention to history. <laughs> but sadly, um, I'm getting some really weird vibes. We're actually going to take a ghost tour tonight. Um, maybe I'm just looking at this place like how could people hide behind these rocks and shoot giant shrapnel metal at each other right mm -hmm. must have been something important worth fighting for yeah one more thing I'd like to add is I posted tons of pictures both of our ghost hunting videos um, as well as some of the monuments there in Gettysburg summer videos and there's a great video of a witness tree on my TikTok um, so if you go to retro chalet on TikTok you're ever thinking about going to Gettysburg you'll be able to see some of my um, photos and videos from that trip now let's get back to the podcast so it goes without saying, and you can hear in my voice, that I was quite taken aback with Gettysburg. You can go to the visitor center and get a map and take yourself on umpteen guided tours for free. These are tours where you can ride in your car, take the kids and family, don't have to pay a dime, and tour yourself around different areas of the battlefield. So in essence... This tiny town was surrounded by the big Battle of Gettysburg that lasted from July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 1863, which was where Union troops and the, um, the Confederate troops, so it would have been the North versus the South, and unfortunately, 
all Americans were fighting each other. Um, so at that time, you know, what I realized standing there at Spangler Springs, which was a cute little spring, natural spring, where all of the troops were getting water during their battle. Uh, and it's actually directly connected to Culp's Hill, where a, a big uh, battle ensued. I mean, unfortunately, the whole town was in battle because back in 1863, there was about 22 to 2,400 people living in the town. It was a relatively small town. It's a battle that should have never happened there, wasn't really planned to happen happen there. And within three days, there was 170,000 people fighting with cannons and antiquated guns with lead bullets um, and shrapnel and things, you know, lead balls and um, it's just, it was just quite overwhelming for me to just be standing there in nature, looking around where there's nowhere to hide, except for the outline of nature, uh, some hills, some rocks, some trees. A lot of the trees were called witness trees, where they were actually plummeted, plummeted with shards of metal from the battle. I mean, can you imagine, you know, can can you imagine back then standing arm to arm, um, you know, brigades from all over the United States fighting each other? Um, so if you lived in the West and you had family in the East and depending on what line you were above or below, you could very well be fighting your cousin, your uncle, a friend, a former um, associate that you served in a different uh, military battle with, you could very well be fighting against them in Gettysburg, um, such as the story that you should look up of Armistead and Hancock, who supposedly um, died of a broken heart and not his wounds, because everyone in his original platoon that he served with um, had killed each other pretty much in the Battle of Gettysburg. And, you know, I was really taken aback. It was very emotional for me to see such a large part of history in such a tiny, tiny town and think of what those townsfolk must have went through back then. You can still see a cannonball embedded in the side of someone's home. Um quite bizarre and, you know, quite alarming because technology has certainly, <laughs> certainly changed since 1863, you know, but to think you were willing to fight for your country and to fight for what you thought was right um, and walk directly into a battle where there is no cover and just, it was a bloodbath. It was a lot of carnage and, and, you know, it's very sad. So, I think part of what makes Gettysburg antique collecting so um, uh, interesting is that everybody wants a piece of that action. Everybody wants, once you go to Gettysburg, you're, you're, you're sold, you're sucked in. It's like, it, it's like you feel a certain sort of way. Um, I've talked to a few people throughout the day who have been there three and four times and haven't even taken all the free self-guided tours. There's just so much to do and so much to see and so much to learn. Uh, of course, there's museums. There's a couple of companies who give self, um, who give tours, who give haunted tours, who give ghost tours. There's walking tours. There's about 20 different tours on, on, uh, on one website. And then there's a far Farnsworth, um, inn that has historical significance. 
tents and they have a tavern and a place to eat and, and a bar and they, they also give tours. Um, so there's just so many different tours. And then, you know, you can order private tour guides that will give certain tours of certain homes that are there in the town. You can take a walking tour and learn about the whole town. So, you know, it's quite interesting. Now, the theme in Gettysburg is simple. Civil War times. It looks like you are frozen in time. So 90% of the little shops um, that I saw there, you know, like the uh, regimental quartermaster, you know, they specialize in a lot of Civil War costumes and, you know, because there's a lot of reenactments. There's a lot of reenactors. Um, and, you know, they actually make costumes. And, you know, uh, there's actually a leather worker named, I met, named Cedric. Shout out to him who gave us a tour. Um, and, you know, he, he hand makes leather work as if it was done in the 17 or 1800s. Very period. So... If you're into that type of thing, old-time blacksmith stuff would be a huge thing. Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by GI 3D Prints. If you check out their Etsy shop at GI 3D Prints from Detroit, you will see that they're handmade planters. Handmade planters made out of PLA. These are cute for succulent-sized plants, little seedlings, little cactuses, you name it. Great for coworkers, great in the window. They have a dinosaur grab bag for $9.99 where you can get a dinosaur planter. But the favorite is the happy planters. You have to see these things. They have little arms and legs and they sit there to hold your favorite succulent. Check it out. Best gifts ever. GI 3D Prints in Gettysburg. Anything that's very period back in the early, middle, late 1800s, turn of the century, the tin copper cups, anything that a soldier might have used, the bayonet uh, type handles on the guns, all of this stuff, handmade and very crafty, very collectible. Civil War bullets, very collectible. Now, the one thing about Gettysburg is most of the area has been converted into a National Historic Site. So you're not allowed to take a metal detector and go find stuff unless it's on private property and you have permission. So I'm quite sure that there have been a lot of people over time who have been on their private property and found things because like I say, this battle was everywhere. Imagine a very, very small town with 2,000 and some people getting plummeted by 170,000 visitors in three days and having a huge fight. So obviously, there's going to be all kinds of things left. Civil War buttons off their uniforms. Civil War, uh, unfortunately, lead bullets um, that were scattered everywhere. Shrapnel, metal objects. Um, these metal things that would go on your shoulders, like a decoration that might have come off the uniform. Um, some, some basic Civil War uh, utensils or Civil War cups. All of this stuff is highly desirable among collectors. It's also going to be rare because, again, if it was found on the National Historic Area, it's probably in a museum somewhere or belongs, you know, um, to the government, which then, you know, would get trickled down if it's donated to a certain museum or it's on display somewhere. Um, 
or in the visitor center sometimes they have displays. But as far as finding this kind of stuff around this area, you know, it, it's up to private individuals who own farms still and own homes who allow people to dig or they come in with metal detectors and they dig for relics and things of that nature. So to the Civil War community, this stuff is pretty rare and pretty sought after. Um, one thing that's just really sad to say, um, but I did learn that the term biting the bullet came from Gettysburg um, due to the fact that there were so many people that were injured or badly wounded that they were making like makeshift hospitals, like everybody was just turning into makeshift doctors to try to stop the bleeding or try to try to sew off your wound or try to cut up your leg. And, it, you know, it's very sad, but you didn't have, you might not have had medicine. There might not have been any more chloroform. There might not have been anything to give you. So they would stick a lead bullet in your mouth and, and they would say, bite the bullet and you would bite that bullet and your teeth would bite down in that lead bullet as a way of, you know, clenching yourself to deal with the pain that you are about to endure when they were cutting a bullet out of you um, or, or hacking your leg off. I hate to say this, but so what has happened is the people around um, Gettysburg, you know, if they were to ever find a bullet with a mark in it, a tooth mark in it, that would be highly collectible. To me, it's almost, you know, sad and, and morbid, but if you really, really think about it, it is very um, depicting of what happened on that day. A lot of books were written about Gettysburg. The earlier books uh, are highly collectible. There was, even if they were run, you know, in, in big numbers back then, the earlier books were highly collectible. The souvenirs that then happened right after Gettysburg are still very collectible. Um, people want to remember this battle. They want a piece of this history. They want a story to tell. And it is a story. If you have, you know, um, when they originally buried these people and made the Gettysburg Cemetery and everything, um, you uh, Gettysburg was then tore uh, turned into a huge tourist town. Um, and that's a whole nother story that you will learn in Gettysburg. But it was turned into a tourist town. It was saved as a, as a national historic place. And basically, uh, among touring the town and the battlefield and the different buildings and visiting the different um, merchants, if you will, um, you would have been able to, you know, get a postcard book or get a Gettysburg uh, felt pennant back then or get a little statue of Abraham Lincoln or get a statue of this because remember this was a union area so primarily um, Pennsylvania defended their stance uh, in the union and they won that battle at that time so any kind of um, memorabilia that would have been coming out of Gettysburg if you were to visit it uh, would be more a union um, lean more towards the union the Confederates didn't like Abraham Lincoln the union of course loved him um, and basically that was the situation there so you know and then after that, you know, President Lincoln was assassinated. So that also puts a little bit of a higher price on some of the early Abraham Lincoln uh, collectibles that has, you know, in regards to, say, like the Gettysburg Address. A lot of the old documents, a lot of the old maps have been uh, facsimiled and reproduced, you know. They're almost, um, you know, done in like an antique look. So you can buy like framed antiqued uh, copies of the Gettysburg Address or, you know, uh, of uh, the president is dead as far as when Lincoln was assassinated. And these things, these things will go from 20 to $30 just for like these reproductions. Um, 
It's uh, if you were to find like Civil War bullets, you know, damaged ones, you can buy a lot of 10 for maybe 15 to 40 dollars, depending on where they were found. Um, you may get them $15 if they were found in Virginia, but if they're Gettysburg bullets, you're going to expect to pay an arm and a leg. Now, how are you going to know if this stuff's real? You, there is enough uh, groups out there and Gettysburg experts out there and historians out there that you can reach out and try, you know, to get provenance, they call it provenance, um, of the item to make sure that it is authentic. Um, as well, you know, costumes in general, you know, people dress up for these reenactments. So costumes are actually another collectible that does hold their value. Anything that's very period looking, uh, an old military bag that even was recreated, say, in the 50s or 60s for costume purposes, based off of a look of Gettysburg in the 1800s, is going to be very collectible. Expect to pay 80 to $90. Um, you know, Leatherworking is going to hold its value um, if it's got to do with Civil War, um, you know, little pouches or, or you know, anything, anything leather that they would have used, uh, belts even. Um, you can still see the old brass buckles. You can find them um, if they're original back from that time from the U.S. Um, Union or Confederate soldiers. You know, you can expect to pay upwards of $200. Sometimes you can find them for less depending on the condition. Um, but if it's an actual Civil War relic, the price goes sky high. You, because not only are you competing with historians, you're competing with people who supported the Union, people who, um, you know, had family in that in that battle. And when you're talking, people who had family in that battle, if you really, really traced your roots, you know, somewhere along the line, someone's going to know someone who's going to know someone who unfortunately went to Gettysburg. Um, and if you're thinking that in 1863, 170,000 Americans were at battle from all of the states, pretty much. Um, when you go to Gettysburg today, you'll see all these monuments. When you like tour where I was around Culp's Hill and stuff, you'll see all the monuments from Alabama, you know, um, from Maine, it, you know, because they're they're basically sending monuments to say, hey, our brigade was here. We lost five. We lost 10. We lost 50. We lost 90. New York has a huge statue, um, you know, and just gorgeous marble statues. And, you know, it's really, really sad because you read at how many people lost their lives in this battle. And, you know, so I want to say that maybe Gettysburg, in my opinion, is one of the more uh, I don't want to say Civil War turning events, but it was certainly one of the major events and and one of the thing that people just can't get over. They can't get over how it happened in this small town, how, how the Union actually held their ground uh, from being invaded pretty much, and how, how the series of events led up to their victory and how... All these deaths took place. Um, unfortunately, on top of 50-some thousand humans, there was over 3,000 horses, mules, and animals who were killed in the crossfire. So the amount of bloodshed in this town alone, you know, was really, really sad. So 
it's a it's a it's a sad time in history it's a turning point in history it's a proud time for the that area in Pennsylvania to have said hey we were this tiny town and we and we we had the foothold and we we maintained it and we won um but you know the cost was so great and that's their heritage that's their history and those antiques are definitely sought after you'll find most Gettysburg antiques in collections and private collections or on display. Um, and that's another thing. You know, if you're out there antiquing and collecting at, um, let's say you're in the middle of Missouri and you're going through an estate sale and you see stuff and you, you talk to them, you say, you know what, where, where did this guy serve? Well, he served in, you know, he, that was my great grandfather. He served in 18 something, you know, you could be finding Gettysburg, uh, you know, Gettysburg, historical memorabilia from somebody who serves family. They don't have to be in Gettysburg. They could have been in Missouri serving in Gettysburg. And you will still find this stuff, if you're lucky, coming out of estate sales. And people may not, you know, really care to keep those items. And, you know, they're getting sold or they're getting auctioned. And, you know, not only is it worth something to collectors, but you could maybe even try uh finding something and donating it to a museum, um, donating it to one of the museums in Gettysburg who may be interested if it is authentic or, you know, these private historians who will pay good money for it to add to their collection. So what I'm telling you is anywhere in the United States, you can find original um I guess, artifacts, if you will, or antiques, if you will, from these Civil War soldiers, both on the Confederate side and the Union side, who served in Gettysburg. Now, the people in Gettysburg are Union, uh, technically, Union area, so I would assume that they're going to be more apt, uh, those particular collectors, to jump on something from the Union soldiers. But that's not necessarily always the case, um, because anything Gettysburg-related is is pretty big, pretty big and pretty huge. Um, another thing that we saw, um, you know, in Gettysburg were that, that was pretty big was, you know, they filmed the movie Gettysburg. Um, that was an old movie um, with Martin Sheen and some other actors in it. Um, and it was actually like a recreate filming goes. OK, there is a huge collection of the movie props in the Farnsworth um little in the Sweeney's Tavern, if you will, uh, behind glass. They have one of the largest collections of movie props from that movie. Um, so that's another thing. You know, anything in regard to Gettysburg, the movie may be collectible. And that was a movie made about the actual Gettysburg battle. So what I'm trying to tell you is anything Gettysburg-related is worth money to a historian, to a collector, to a Civil War buff. You have a few different sects of collectors, if you will. Um, and of course, if you were to happen upon an original document or even an original, let's just say, tin-type photo of a Union soldier um, that was from that time, and, and this is, you know, they're doing a lot of history digging. They're trying to find out, you know, who these people were. There are still people missing, you know, if you have something authentic, you're looking at thousands and thousands of dollars if you go to the right place and get the provenance. So what I'm here to tell you today is 
If you're not into Civil War stuff and you're somebody who's looking for 50 stuff and you're at an estate sale, you're at a thrift store or you're at um, a, a rummage sale and they've got attics full of, say, old Civil War patches or war patches and you really don't understand what you're looking at. But if the price is right, get it because you may just have stumbled upon something important. It's not just important to those who lost their loved ones. It's important to the history of the United States of America. And that's why people are collecting it. And again, I really, really, really think, you know, whether you agree or disagree with the Battle of Gettysburg, if you're on, if you're on the hunt for those kind of items, you know, you will start being a little bit more receptive now, hopefully after hearing this podcast. You know, I used to pass that kind of stuff over because that's not my genre of collecting. That's not what I collect. That's not what I'm interested in reselling. But now I have a different appreciation because if I can find a missing link that might help somebody else connect the dots, I'm going to start looking. So now we're actually on Baltimore Street. And this is a very old historic area, right, Don? Yes, it is. And they've converted a lot of these old um, homes into little commercial areas. Let's get an hour and a half on our parking meter here. Great way to get rid of your old change. And yes, coin is still a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> you actually put the coins in the old Duncan meter. It's or, awesome. Or you can use a credit card, I think. Right. I don't see a credit card slot. Oh, is there one? No. Look at this. They're staying in times with the ancient ways <laughs> of using coin. Right. So basically, there's a phone number you can call for the Duncan parking meters, and you can give your credit card and pay for some time on the meter, that sort of thing. But they are still the old Duncan parking meter that took the change. And I have to say, I had a lot of change in my purse when I went there, and I was cleaned out by the end of the day. Um, because what I tried to do is, you know, park on the streets, and there's a lot of metered parking, but the parking lots that you will find. Uh, be belong to the areas. For instance, if you're staying at the XYZ Inn, that parking lot in front of it belongs to them. If you go eat at the ABC restaurant, and these are just fictitious names, by the way, if you if you eat at the ABC restaurant, you better you know, know that that parking lot is only for the ABC restaurant people. So if you're taking a tour of Gettysburg in the summer, you know, prepare to walk or take a, a bus or something in or, you know, try to find a way in um, because the parking for me was a real issue and we actually went in February. Now, I can't say enough. February, we had a 60-degree day. We walked around. It was great, but the ground was a little soggy on the outside, um, you know, tours that we did ourselves because it had had snow on it just the week before. So keep this in mind. They also said uh, in talking to a lot of the shop owners, they said that October is absolutely crazy there, I guess because of the whole ghost tour thing and the haunt thing. So um, October is really busy in Gettysburg. I would assume that Gettysburg is super busy in the summer because I think I counted four to five ice cream shops within a three block radius. So if there's if there's four to five ice cream shops, then that's a lot of people coming in in the summer who are hot and who want to get an ice cream. Um, so anyway, I hope you learned a little something today just to keep in mind when you're out there looking. Gettysburg, Gettysburg, Gettysburg. Say that three times fast and then look in the mirror and tell me what you see. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure sharing my story with you today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please give me a good rating on your favorite podcast player. 
and come back for our next episode. See you soon.